1: Hello there, folks, and welcome to episode two of That Six Myth Show, the only show where you get a different alternative look at six of the biggest Newcastle United talking points from the week and the only show where you get one complete Berk providing them. That would be me. Uh, I'm Andy Sixth and I'm joined as ever by the man who's not averse to a Weatherspoon special himself every now and again, Mr. Chris Wallace. Chris, out of the studio, but we're still together.
0: We are. And do you know what it is? You couldn't have nailed that weather spoons any better
1: because I love a weather spoons. but I'm sure we'll get on to that a bit more. Who doesn't love a weather spoons, mate? Who doesn't? <laughs> Half a Newcastle squad, by the sounds of it. But yes, it, it's not a surprise that that is going to be our first segment uh, this week. If you are tuning in for the very, very first time, by the way, folks, uh, this is the show that kind of through my uh, official job as a Premier League broadcaster, speaking to the players, doing press conferences, match days, etc. We bring up six alternative talking points, not the usual match previews, not the usual tactic talk, none of that nonsense. I say nonsense, it's all inherent stuff in football, isn't it? But six different talking points from a week. And the best thing is, it's kind of only half an hour. It wasn't last week, it was about 45 minutes. Well, (laughs) 45 minutes, we'll we'll see. (laughs) It's about half an hour. So you can watch or listen to us really, really quickly, uh, mainly because we can't be asked to make it any longer. Anyway, if that sounds all right, we're going to get right into it. And we're going to get right into it because there's only one place to start. I mean, when I spoke to Sandro Tonali the other week, he never told me that he'd be hitting spoons as soon as he did. The man's gone from a Savaloy dip to a steak club at Spoons. <laughs> and I am absolutely... Here for it. If you haven't heard this news, one, where the hell have you been and which rock have you been hiding under as a Newcastle United or a football fan? Because it's captivated the footballing world. And number two, I mean, it's kicked off the biggest who'd done it since the Mike Ashley years, I think, uh, <laughs> at Newcastle United. Sandro Tonali ends up in Weatherspoons in Gosforth Monday night, reserving a table for 745. Chris where were you how did you react when you saw that
0: (laughs) where do we even start with this
1: Obviously, know. last it's... week,
0: we had the discussion about sausage rolls and Savloy dips. I didn't think this was going to be a running segment. Which every is week, every yeah. week,
1: we're going to be discussing Sandro Tonali and his eating habits, just in different <laughs> sizes. Um, do, do you know what it is? When, when I first saw it, I thought
0: it was a joke. I thought somebody had just printed it off and put it on a table. Yeah. But then, obviously, we see that awkward smirk, the, the awkward Tonali smirk, Such. Sat- in a Wetherspoons with the Wetherspoon plates, the Wetherspoon carpet, the Wetherspoon clientele, then a professional Premier League footballer,
1: an Italian international, just sat with his
0: free page special.
1: It's that, isn't it, though? If he was Greek or if he was German... Wouldn't be as funny. It's the fact that he's Italian. It's the fact that he comes from a, I mean, I'm biased because Italian cuisine is my favorite cuisine in the world, but he comes from a world that created pizza, spaghetti carbonara, ravioli, and he ends up in Weatherspoons with, I don't know, Curry Club or whatever it is on a Monday night. And it's <laughs> what is lovely... it? It might be Curry Club on a Monday night, isn't it? Not? It might be. It oh, might no, be... man. Honestly, I've got to redo the intro now. I said Steak Club, didn't I? Shit. <laughs> Um, but it's, it is is that look on his face where it's kind of this kind of one smile that he's giving, <laughs> where he's just thought, where, I don't know what the Italian is for this, but where the fuck am I? And <laughs> how come the food's this fucking cheap? I know. <laughs> and then I know. he probably found out why it is that cheap.
0: Yeah, actually, I quite like a weather spoons. Do you know what it is? But it's probably because it is cheap. It serves That's a purpose. That's why I
1: like it. Yeah. It serves a fucking purpose, does weather spoons? And that is, you know, for anyone wanting to weigh in on the whole spoons chat, you know, Sandro <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I haven't spoken to a lad since Monday. He, he might have fucking loved it. He might be making that an every Monday thing, in which case, for that six miss show, Bonza. Fantastic news. We can react to that as one of our talking points every single week. But I'll level with you, Chris. Eddie in his press conference this morning, absolutely superb in the sense that it just has started off this, who's done it? Who told Sandro Tonali that Weatherspoon's is was it? And also, sorry, just to throw another curveball at you, who told him to go for ice cream in Tynemouth later on in the week? (laughs) Yeah, just out from Blue Reef Aquarium, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, did you? This is like who's the mole all over again, isn't it? Is remember remember is... there's a Newcastle mole. Bring, bring Craig Hope onto this podcast <laughs> right now. Let's get into it and let's get Steve McLaren here as well, just to and Steve Bruce just to <laughs> add spice to it. So well, it, uh,
0: how how done it? We've, we've got like a Piercudo game going on yeah, haven't we? It's well, let, it's the it's Geordie lads, isn't it?
1: Eddie said it's, it's the not Geordie lads.
0: Yeah, has to be the Geordie lads, and and yeah. by that I'm putting Dan Byrne. Uh, Sean Longstaff and we're chucking Jacob Murphy in there as well. It has to be them
1: three or a combination
0: of them. Has got to a, be.
1: got a bit. I mean, I'm putting Sean down definitely for the time mouth ice cream, but in fairness, that is a good ice cream stop,
0: yeah. time. You no that. Minchella's
1: leg, but so no right. mi- no, I mean fucking hell, what is um but at the same time for the Weather spoons, I would go Jacob Murphy. I, mm. I I think that's got Murph written, or I can see him delivering that line as well and being like, you know what, Sandra you're looking well, somewhere nice spoons, gospel, But
0: th- that's not even the case, Andy. The, the thing is, right, fair enough, you- you're pranking somebody saying, i booked this nice table for you. Go and enjoy yourself. You and your lass, get yourself away. You still have to pull up outside and get through the front door before you're in there.
1: So at what point did he think, am I in the wrong place? <laughs> Probably at the time that he opened the car door, I would have said. He still I... went further? <laughs> he kept on going? But it's one of those situations, isn't it, though, fella, where if you've committed, you've committed. And Sandro Tonali, from what I've seen on the pitch and off it to a certain extent, when that man commits, he fucking goes in 100% to a the force. And I reckon that has continued through to the Weatherspoons. as Do you as think well. he
0: continued to the point where he ordered food and drinks? Or <laughs> do you think it was like a flying visit where he
1: sat down and went, oh, no, we better get out of here? You know what? Every single week, I'm going to be texting my producer, going, "Is Sandro up for interview next week?" Yeah. Because as soon as he is, I'm not asking him about his goals scored, his time on Tyneside so far, the latest win over Manchester City on Saturday night. None of that nonsense. I'm going to ask him, "What is your pick from a Weatherspoon's menu, my friend?" And talk you could me through. Do Blow-by-blow blow account.
0: You could show him four So one of a weatherspoon's dish and one of like a Michelin <laughs> stock dish and go,
1: which one's the better one? Tell <laughs> you <laughs> see, what, if he goes for Wetherspoons. What, he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he goes for a sirloin steak from Weatherspoons instead of a Heston <laughs> Blumenthal special or something? Um, be sensational. It's just flipped his Italian book cuisine upside down but yeah it, it's obviously got around the lads like because Eddie this morning was very very he did laugh about it and was like you know what I've no idea like he said he didn't know who it was he did say it wasn't Matt Ritchie necessarily so take that as you find it but from the point of view of actually where he's been and everything like that he, he just said he, he was just there for something to eat, very very innocent. Played it all down. Mm-hmm. Lovely stuff. Let's move on until I don't know. Sandro ends up in Greg's next week, or oh, he's I already done Greg's. What? He's had that sausage roll. That's, You'll have That's to try a very else. very fair point, mate. Yeah, where else is he going to end up? He's going to end up in I don't know. Where can he uh, end up? Uh,
0: what's York? that? What's that? A uh, dessert place? what's Oh, what's that called? The <laughs> everywhere. The below or whatever it is. Something like that. You end yeah. up in some dessert place. <laughs>
1: Where that's what we can guess. Next week, where is Sandro Tonali? Which eatery is Sandro Tonali going to end up in? Um, He's he's probably been banished from Italy now, hasn't he? He's not allowed (laughs) back. I know. What was everyone said at the start? Oh, he doesn't even want to be in Newcastle. He wants to be in Milan. I mean, pure bollocks anyway. The lad definitely wants to be in Newcastle. He loves it. Uh, He even told us that. But, you know, if he did want to go back to Milan, (laughs) chances are... (laughs) closed door, Sandro. Uh, you're not going to get back in with that sort of cuisine, says. <laughs> so yes, at number one this week, Sandro Tonali and his eating habits. You know what, Chris? I'm going to point this out right now. If the lad plays like he did against Aston Villa, he can go where the fuck he wants to go and eat.
0: Of course he can. I'll buy his weatherspoons for the rest of his life if he wants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're yeah, there's a rich man speaking. I mean, it's cheap as chips when you go once, but 126 times. To start well, to balance of the books, isn't it? It's a hundred uh, quid, mate. Uh, honestly, if he if he does produce those sort of performances week in week out, uh, Newcastle will win the win the league this year. Um, and I'm not speaking like Stuart Pearce. Uh, that's a that's a different prediction. Uh, Pierce has gone after Newcastle winning the league, hasn't he? This morning on Talksport. So uh, I saw it. I saw mm-hmm. it. I ignored it. I moved on. I moved on slightly. I can't can't say it was raised at the press conference this morning. Anyway, but uh, anyway, so yes, yeah, Sandro Tonali's eating habits straight in at number one. Uh, on the uh, on the alternative talking points this week. Uh, but moving on to number two, Chris, and it's something I asked uh, Eddie about because being second or third reporter in, I mean, Razor didn't ask Eddie, actually. It was Keith who raised it about Sandro this morning. I mean, I was primed just to ask him about it anyway. Um, but I did manage to ask him about this story about some bloke getting a tattoo of Eddie's face on his calf. Now, Another one. Uh, no. Did you not see this earlier on in the week?
0: No. So where's yes. the
1: tattoo? It's on his calf, apparently. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is strange, because it's almost a year to the day since the story broke that a bloke had Joel Linton's face tattooed right across his yes. belly. And I remember mm-hmm. asking Eddie about that at the presser last year. So I thought, fucking Alice this is weird. I'm going to have to ask him about it. I said, you know, like, what... <laughs> We, I think we were talking about hero adulation anyway, in the sense that the fans have obviously taken it yeah. to, to Sandro Tonali. And I just said, you know, like, speaking of adulation, I, I'm sure I asked you about this last year about Joel Linton. You know what's coming, don't you? And I could see he already knew it. He knew, he'd seen it. He goes, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say here, Andy. I said, right, bloke's got a face, your face tattooed on his calf. F- for, a, for someone who was, like, really arrogant and someone who was really, really, like, up themselves then that would be one... But the weird dichotomy is for me that Eddie Howe is the complete antithesis of arrogance. He's the most humble bloke I think I've ever met in yeah. my entire life. So what the hell is that like for someone who's that humble to have... Yeah. It, it probably ways. feels a little
0: bit awkward that he defers somebody's cough unintentionally.
1: <laughs> it's a bit... It, it, it's It's very interesting, shall we say. But he did kind of... Make the point that whoever it is, this bloke, he's a very lucky man, um, you know. And, and it looked like a pretty decent representation. In fairness, the tattooist, from what I've seen of the video on the Chronicle, has done a pretty decent job. Okay. Uh, so well done for tattoo artist. Um, and uh, yeah, so Eddie said, hopefully the lad's not too disappointed with it, uh, but uh, he doesn't know quite know what to make of it. Which and I think he looks very.
0: If you look on the other call, is Jason Tindale just creeping around that one? As long as
1: there's a two meter difference between each leg, <laughs> there has to be a two meter gap. <laughs> he's always close by, he's definitely on the call for The other one, there's a fourth official that follows him around everywhere. This bloke <laughs> making sure that his legs are two meters apart and one's <laughs> behind the other. Um, but uh, yes, we'll we'll, we'll get on to that because uh, it wasn't really raised in the press conference as such this morning. We tend to focus on. Tenali's food habits and uh tattoos and <laughs> uh and new signings as well, which we, we will come on to in a second. But uh yes, very, very interesting part of the press conference when tattoos are mentioned. Cause usually Does this happen at any other club, Andy? Is it <laughs> Is there ever a conversation
0: about one of your star signings going to like weather spoons and, and the manager's tattooed
1: FA has been tattooed on somebody? Does this happen anymore? genuinely, I don't think it does like from my the, from my colleagues from my reporters. I genuinely have never heard any of maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe they just don't ask the question. Maybe it does happen and it just doesn't get made a massive thing of. But I feel like if your star player, star summer signing, goes to Weatherspoons. You as the manager of that club has to answer a question about that in the press conference. And equally, if someone goes out and gets your face tattooed on his calf, you're probably going to have to answer it. That's just the way I work as a journalist. Not a very good journalist, just someone who likes a bit of a laugh in a press conference every now and again. So you know what, mate? In answer to your question... I have never heard one of our Premier League reporters ask about a player ending up in Wetherspoons. <laughs> certainly not about a tattoo on uh, on them as well. So I think it is just Newcastle. But then again, I think this we already knew that us. we're the only
0: club like that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know what it is? It's not going to be the weirdest story that we have
1: for the season. There'll be another one. There'll be a few more. It's my mission to find out the weirdest stories and ask Eddie about it every single week <laughs> anyway. So I'll, uh, I'll find something. Don't you worry about it. So... Yes, from we're going to get a little bit more serious now because from Sandro's eating habits to Eddie's new uh, new number one fan, uh, we're going to move across to uh, another Geordie Well, another Newcastle United fan joining the club because Lewis Hall is on Tyneside as we speak right now. He's at the training grounds undergoing medicals. Um, I have to laugh because I saw a tweet from a Manchester United fan turning round on, twi- uh, on Twitter. Surprisingly considering you tweeted, or X, Mm. or whatever you want to call it, and um, saying that how can Newcastle splash £28 million on a teenager, um, or big money on a teenager, and then politely being reminded that Manchester United have spent relatively big on Anthony Martial, Ahmad Diallo, to name just two, um, and, you know, carry on. I'm sure there's a longer list than that. But yeah, Lewis Hall, £28 obviously it's a loan with an obligation to buy next summer, which is brilliant from Newcastle's perspective, because... Naturally, we had to be creative to use Eddie Eddie's mm-hmm. phrase last week. I love it when Eddie gets creative. It it leads to interesting things. <laughs> and it also, seriously speaking, leads to Newcastle getting one of the most talented young fullbacks I think I've seen come out of England in a while. And I know mm. he only played 12 games for Chelsea last season. But what he did in those 12 games, you pick up on little things, little nuances. And aside from being a supremely talented kid, he's versatile, which Eddie loves as a quality. But it's this word, character, that I'm going to use again. Yeah. He's a he's a Newcastle fan. His brother, obviously, is a massive Newcastle fan. Did the celebration playing for Chorley? I covered that game weirdly enough, mm. for BBC when he when he hit the winner in the FA Cup. Um, it's incredible, like to have another Newcastle lad playing for Newcastle and one as talented as him. Newcastle have sewn up the England fullbacks for the next 15 years, potentially.
0: Oh, that, that's what I was going to say. You look at the right-hand side, bringing Livermore in, then, then you've got the left-hand side. And all you need to do to, to get any sort of indication on how good this player is, is yeah. look at the reaction from the, the selling club's fans. Yeah. And if yeah. you look at social media now, the Chelsea fans are not happy that they've let him go. No. And it's always a, a great indication um, whether you're buying or selling players to get that reaction. Yeah. It's another Newcastle United sign, and like you said, it's a young lad that we're bringing in. We're looking at the future, but not just that. Somebody that can do a job right now. Yeah. And I think I said last week that maybe Eddie Howe's press conference last week, how he mentioned the likes of Trippian and Liverpool company on the left-hand side as a left-back, and yeah. might mean that we're not going to get that left-back target in. Yeah. I was wrong. Eddie kept
1: his cards <laughs> close to his chest, and we've yeah. got one. <laughs> don't don't feel bad. I think every single journalist in that room is wrong every single week when it comes down to Eddie playing his cut. He has us on a string, an absolute mm. string. So it's but you know join along it's
0: to another you, one where the club have just gone another radar once again, and that's how we do our business. Now it's always the last moment that you think, Oh, Newcastle, i putting a bid in for this player, yeah. and it's all but done at that point. You know what? We've done fella, it again.
1: I was going to tweet this out. Well, I'm still going to. Um, but it's incredible how Newcastle United have become really, really, really fucking good at transfer business. Really, savvy, Not just from a yeah. point of view of who the club is signing, but it's how that they're going about it as well. Yes, under the radar, like you rightly say, but they're not being held to ransom. They're mm-hmm. identifying the targets. This is a very, very alien concept for any Newcastle United fan still out there two years nearly on from the takeover. It's very, very odd indeed to see the club dealing in this strategic, straightforward, simplistic, but highly, highly efficient manner. In professional, the
0: Andy. It's another professional thing which the club are doing, which we haven't done for a long time, yeah. and that's what sums it up. and And I love the fact that that we're doing all of this quietly because, obviously, anybody who's watching the documentary, it's highlighted on there that Newcastle tax exists, which it does, of course, it does. Yeah. And the last thing that we want is to get into like forbidden wars with other clubs yeah. because we're just going to get sucked out into it. And and you know yeah. what it is? We've done it the right way, and it's another fantastic signing.
1: It's it's interesting as well, Matt, because, you know, Eddie normally, like you rightly say, keeps his cards close to his chest, certainly in press conferences. And, I mean, the news was pretty much out. Obviously, Mm. Lewis arrived on Tyneside this morning, uh, or arrived at the training ground anyway this morning. But he was so open about it. I mean, he he directly answered. Razor asked him straight away, directly answered, said, you know, I'm not going to say too much about that. But, yeah, he's a player that is very, very versatile, very, very good. And Razor said, well, you know, are we in for him? And, you know, on a loan basis, is that what he meant by creative? I mean, he went, yeah, to loan. And mm. that is as straightforward as you're going to get, or as honest, not honest, I think that's the wrong word, but as open as you're going to yeah. get any talking about transfers. The interesting thing from my perspective is, the I just signed a new deal at Chelsea and they're losing. Mm. And, I mean, I need to speak to uh, our people who kind of cover Chelsea, Alex, uh, who is a Chelsea fan as well, she covers Chelsea quite extensively down there to to know more about Lewis from an academy standpoint. But like you say, the fans are absolutely fuming that they've that they've let Not him happy. go and you know kept the likes of Cucarella, who I quite like Cucarella as a player. Mm. Um, but this kid, 18 years old and turning up trees. See terms and conditions 18. plus. It's it's very, very, very impressive. We, we've never done this before, Andy.
0: Like, yeah. When we're talking about buying young, yes, we may have brought young, but one for the future, as they used to, yeah. to class them as. I think Perez was classed as one for the future, then he was chucked right in the deep end. Um, but it, it's so clever, like to buy yeah. up and coming English players and stealing them from the likes of Chelsea. The yeah. Chelsea aren't no mugs, of course, they're not. Um, yeah. obviously, it's a player's request as well. Once you yeah. come to Newcastle, so yeah. we're doing something right.
1: Well, it would probably got lost because it was towards the back end of the press conference, but Kieran uh, Kieran Kelly uh, from Macron asked, as he usually does, he, he's very, very astute, is Kieran, and he asked a really good question and said, you know, did Chelsea reluctantly kind of operate mm. with you, bearing in mind that they would be strengthening a rival? And there has been that talk about mm. clubs at the top end of the Premier League not wanting to help Newcastle yep. in any way, shape or form. Um, and Eddie kind of paused a little bit and there was a, I think there was a fair amount of reluctance there, but the player, like you say, pushed it through, wanted to be up at Newcastle, seized the project, obviously a Newcastle United fan as well. And like I said before, they've got Livermento on the right, Hall on the left. I mean, Dan Byrne now, you know, I I think Dan will continue at left back for the foreseeable future. I think Lewis will probably be edged into it very, very slowly until he gets up to the pace of Newcastle. Um, but to have Dan Burn as a backup centre back, backup back left back, that's bloody brilliant in the Premier League. Um, slash, you know, continuing to start, um, it's tremendous to have. So the depth is starting to hit as well. So yeah, it look looking at the windows as a whole. Obviously, it's not finished, but it pretty much is from an incoming standpoint yeah. now. For Newcastle, Eddie pretty much said as as much this morning. I would go so far as to say that's a nine out of ten window from Newcastle.
0: Yeah, we, we touched on this last week, didn't we? Um, uh, it, we're addressing positions that, that we need to, to focus on. Left-back was, was a huge one. I think everybody was yeah. in the same impression that we need to do something to that left-back. Yeah. it's they, they've, they've, like, like I said, that they've done it and they've, they've absolutely smashed it out of the park. Yeah. I think now comes the hard part where you have to look at shifting players on. That's yeah. where it gets tricky.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll wait and see what they do. That all obviously leads to difficult decisions because when you sign... You know, decent players, then you've got two decent players per position, then what the hell do you do? And as always, Eddie's going to be faced with some difficult decisions this week and in Manchester City. So moving on to point number four. I mean, the big two that I'm picking out are Alex Izak against Callum Wilson and Harvey mm. Barnes against Anthony Gordon. I think the midfield has to pick itself now. You can't split up that midfield considering they were so impressive against Villa. Uh, mm. And that, that is really harsh on the likes of Longy. Obviously, Joe's out, out for a little bit. Elliot Anderson, I mentioned it last week. It's a little bit harsh on him considering the preseason he had. But you can't you can't unplant those three from starting again uh, against City. So yeah. I think that decision's made. It's the Alex Isaac against Callum Wilson debate that is now rolling on. And Eddie talked at length about how both of them are just so incredibly incredible players for him in the sense that Callum's going on the bench, but he comes on scores, should have scored a second. Alex started. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alex Izak just looked like gold dust. I thought against Philip. Oh, fantastic, mate.
0: Honestly, I, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time to to, to talk about like because we could be here for hours. He's, we'll, we'll mention and this is something which we mentioned on the Monday Night Show quite a lot. That yeah. it's an absolute steal at sixty million quid. An absolute steal. Yeah. That kid has got the world ahead of him, and mm-hmm. he could be up there with the best. He's yeah. still unbelievably young, and he's got so much to give and so much to learn as well. Yeah. And he's only going to get better and better. And I, honestly, I'm so happy that yeah. he's ours, and he, I'm not looking at him playing for somebody else. He's ours. This is happening yeah. to us right now. Is
1: you know what? I remember reading an article when he joined, and someone called him a unicorn, and I was like, "That is a, that's a fucking big thing to say, considering we lived in a live in a world where there's been like Ronaldo, nine, Cristiano, mm. Messi, Henri, but to call him that, you can see." quality in a player mm-hmm. the way they glide over the pitch their touch almost an arrogance and you know what that was one of the first things I saw because he's such a quiet lad you know every mm-hmm. time I, I speak to him he, he's so quiet he seems to have really integrated well with the squad he's very very good friends uh with Joe Willock already yeah um Sean Longstaff he gets along with very very well to name but uh, a few more players they haven't sent him to Weatherspoons yet um <laughs> but this time I suppose uh but he obviously is integrating himself very, very well in terms of a friendships basis, but you can see how much bigger of a player he is this season to last. And I saw that against Villa. He looks to have strengthened up a strengthened upper body. He was, everyone's banging on about Isri Konza's mistake for that second one. That, I, yes, it is a mistake. Of course it is, but it's a forced mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake him knowing Alex Izak is on his shoulder, ready to go shoulder to shoulder. He's anticipated contact. Isaac's been clever and stepped away from him. The mm. contact hasn't come. cons has gone over. And Isaac's in, and I mean the finish is just purely impotent. It, it's incredible. But it's that physicality and that ability to run those challenges uh, channels and terrify defenders that right at the start when he was acclimatizing, he wasn't quite doing. Now you've got that kind of complete striker in there that can just seemingly do it all. He's good in the air, he's strong, he's First touch is incredible. His awareness is amazing. He's running off the ball he's is sensational. Speed, oh,
0: he's speed, Pressing. He's speed is ridiculous. But it's it's so effortless as well. It's like he's not even trying. It's like like how he just turns up to football games. He, well, I, I know I'm good. I know I can only half-horse this. I don't even think we're seeing him to his full potential yet. And no, it's just how he sits on, on the shoulder as well, on that last man, in any sort of breakaway. He's gone. Absolutely gone.
1: I mean, I'm I'm, I'm so
0: happy he's at I just kind of uh, get over it.
1: It it is insane. I mean, I'm not going to nick, you know, hundreds of people's tweets probably from a weekend, but the amount of times I saw, little surprise that he's, you know, number 14, like, model on Thierry Henry, because you can see it in him. You can really see it in him. Having said all of that about Alex, Callum, again, coming off the bench. If you're a defender and you see Callum Wilson with a point to prove coming off the bench and just... I have met so many strikers in my career. Yes, they're all goal-hungry. Don't get me wrong, of course they mm. are. They're strikers for a reason. But Callum Wilson takes it to the next level. I mean, that man, the number of post-match interviews I've done with him where he scored one or two, and he's come off the pitch and said to me immediately, should have been a hat-trick, Andy. Should have been a hat-trick. I don't know how I've missed that. He did it again on Saturday. We spoke to him after the game. He came in and was like, should have been two. That's not a good save from Martinez. That's That's me mm. missing that. And yeah. you're like... Fucking Apart from the fact I made a complete twat out of myself in the poll You'll like this, man. Happens on a weekly basis. Anyway, me making a twat out of myself. So might as well go and do it live in front of however many million listeners or watchers on PLTV or whatever it was. Um, so Callum's doing the interview. So I'm thinking, right, because our first half performance, we were good. But second half, we really dialed yeah. in, didn't we? We were yeah, powerful. We, were, we ran the legs off everything. So I said to Callum, you know, First half we were good. Second half, unbelievable. What what's going on at halftime? What's being said? And Cal looks at me, he's like, dunno, I was outside, man. <laughs> Obviously <after laughs> I thought he was a fucking substitute, didn't I? Yeah. And he's outside warming up when I think I was trying to mean what was being said amongst the players, you know, what was being said amongst the management on the bench before you went in. But fuck me, what a stupid question it was. And I believe journalists have a, a reason and a right to hold their hands up when they do something fucking stupid or ask something stupid. I mean, I do, like I said, pro- pretty much every week, every press conference at least. But I definitely asked a stupid fucking question there. So, Callum, if you ever do see this, I did apologise straight after, but he laughed anyway. Um, apologies for asking you a stupid fucking question. Um, but he was you very... Know
0: you mentioned straight away that, I was like, obviously he's a strike guy and he wants goals. Yeah. And do you know what it is going back to the the premiere of the the documentary? There was like a yeah. question and answer at the end of the the two shows, yeah. which we saw the first two episodes. Callum yeah. Wilson was one of the players, um, and they started talking about how, oh, Callum, you finished top goal scorer last season. Yeah. His first thing was, well, you wouldn't have thought so showing those first two episodes because I haven't scored a goal yet because everything that they were showing, he was missing even though he had bagged tons of goals, yeah. he was unhappy that that had showed him to miss every single chance. It's and it just shows you that that kind of arrogance, but arrogance yeah. in a good way. It's it's confidence it's at the end of the day, and
1: he's, he's full of it. It's elite mentality, and he's mm-hmm. named me many better. I, I hesitate to call him this because he's not a backup striker. He's yeah, a number he's one striker. We've got two number one strikers, and mm-hmm. that, for a manager, is incredible to have. But name me... While he's on the bench and Alex is starting, name me better, many better bench strikers in the Premier League.
0: It's the and fact that they both give something completely different to each other as well. So yeah. a defender might be handling Isaac, which is never going to happen, but they might. Um, yeah. But then think, oh, well, we'll change it. There's, there's Callum Wilson. Have fun with him.
1: Yeah. Like, Eddie's got so much at your disposal at the minute. like He really it's does. It. it must be brilliant, but also awful for a manager because Eddie spoke at length this morning about how difficult it is because obviously he's you know, yeah. it goes way back with Callum as well. How difficult it is for him to put Callum on the bench because he knows what he can do for the team. He knows mm-hmm. what he brings to the team, and to do that just goes to show a how impressive Alex Izak has been in training, but also obviously on a match day. But b the, the the fight for the place is now at Newcastle is something that I can't I can't remember having in so, so long. Time.
0: I mean, uh, you know for fine well, Callum Wilson isn't going without Eddie Howe knowing that he wants to be playing. He's not on that door every single time he passes.
1: Absolutely. And rightly so. I, I love the bloke. I, I really, really love the bloke. I, I think he's tremendous to deal with Callum. I don't think I've ever heard a, a crossword from him, really. He's always smiling, always laughing, always taking the pace. Um, but as soon as he crosses that whitewash, that lad means fucking business. Um, mm. And honestly, I think he'll end up with 15 this season. Yeah, I think the ball will. I think And if they can get if he can get 15 and Alex Ezek get 25, Newcastle are on for an absolutely belting season because there's goals coming from midfield too. Uh and then obviously set pieces. Well, not us necessarily because we don't score many from set pieces, sadly, but uh we should. Uh anyway, point being, let's move on from that. Very quickly, point number five, because we are already over half now. Uh rotation <laughs> <As always. laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be less than last week, Matt. You no, know we me. need we need a buzzer. We need a buzzer that just gives it a time limit. Then we'll Just move cut, on. Cut us off. Cut us off at half hour, <laughs> and then that's what we'll do. You're next going episode, to I'll, a buzzer. <laughs> Great sound effect for next week. Um, <laughs> point number five: rotations. Uh, genuinely, this is one of my favourite things this season. I know there is so much going on uh, in the Premier League signings. You name it. You know what's happening on the pitch. Manchester City, obviously, winning the Super Cup. You, you can go on and on and on about what's happening in the Premier League at the minute. But one of my genuinely favourite things that has happened has been this new rule being brought in in the technical areas and seeing the circus that developed in front of me in the technical area last week against Villa with Eddie starting. And he described it wonderfully, did the gaffer, after the game when he was like, "We, I started up front and Jason dropped back to the back end of it. And he was describing it as if he was describing a football game, which was <laughs> even better. And there were times where the fourth official, I can't remember who it was, Kept going up and being like, Andy Kelly, it might have been. Kept going up and was like, guys, I'm really sorry, but you're, you're too close together again. And I just thought, fuck it. I never really asked much at the end of a, a post-match press conference because we deal with the managers and the players separately. Mm. But if something's been missed, i like to point it out. And I think Jacob Whitehead at The Athletic had asked about the technical area issue. And I just thought, fuck it, I need to ask a follow-up on this. I said to him, Eddie, you know Are you guys good? You know, you players have to go away and work on things. Do you two need to go away and work on your dovetailing? Do you need to work on your tactics, or how's it going? And he laughed and was like, "Honestly, yeah, probably I do need to go away and work on that because we've got things to improve. So keep your eye on these tactics in the technical area because, well, honestly,
0: I've I've had an idea.
1: Go on. The the heat map went down. Well, this will
0: work, right? So the heat map, do that. Yeah, My next idea, I was sat there in my seat, and I'm there uh, a stroby corner, yep. uh, very front row where the standing section starts now. Um yeah. And I was looking around, then I saw them just obviously swapping, swapping around, and I thought, why don't we employ Jason Tindall as a steward? <laughs> and we give him an orange jacket, then he can just sit on the side of the technical area? Because there's nothing stopping that person to
1: give him instructions. <laughs> so why not just give him a high vis? Why not exactly? <laughs> Why not dog? exactly? I would pay to see Mad Dog Jason Tindall at the side of a technical area in a high mm-hmm. viz, looking at the stu- looking at the fourth official, just giving him a wink. Be what like, for thinking, Andy? you, know what you can do? <laughs> you know what you can do? Look, it might not come off as an idea, Chris, but as a fucking idea, it's right up there with the very, very best of them. It's content. That's what we are for. <laughs> Look, why do I introduce this show every single week, or every single week, two weeks going, it's an alternative, different look at Newcastle United. You don't get much more alternative than employing (laughs) Jason Tindall as a steward so he can be closer than two metres to Eddie.
0: Get it done. Brilliant. Get it done.
1: Fucking love it. People don't tune into this show for my insight. They tune in for ideas like that, Chris, which you are the only <laughs> man capable of. So, fucking brilliant. Love it. I'm not sure
0: if that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'll mean, take it. I think it's outstanding. I'm definitely going to propose it to it. Maybe not in front of a camera, but away from the cameras. I might propose <laughs> yeah. it to him uh, and see what he has to say about it. So, I'll report back on that next time I see the main man. Um, just very, very finally, met point number six, because I swear we are going to beat 47 minutes, which we were on last week, and we're on we're on course. Um, I'm going to reel off some things for you here, uh, and I'm going to reel off some stats that are going to make you and every single Newcastle United fan that are watching this programme, so all six of them, absolutely cringe. Okay, here we go. They've just lost once in 31 games against us. Newcastle have never won in 18 games there. The last win there was 23 years ago. And Newcastle haven't won two straight games to open the season in 26 years. But I'm going to temper that with this. Manchester City might be the treble winners, but they are missing Kevin De Bruyne. They are missing John Stones. They are potentially missing Bernardo Silva and they are missing Ruben Diaz as well through injury. They are coming off the back of a penalty shootout winning the Super Cup, which while it gives them confidence, would would have been knackering for them to have immediately jumped, not a fully tuned Manchester City because they didn't have a full pre-season, but to jump from Premier League to Super Cup back to Premier League to face an intense Newcastle United. I'm going to put this out there right now. Even though Eddie wouldn't answer my question this morning when I put this to him, I don't think Newcastle fans should ever have been more optimistic to go to Manchester City and get a result and get a win. I mean,
0: would yeah. you agree or not? Yes. Uh,
1: the reason why I
0: agree is because we are absolutely mint at the minute. Um, <laughs> that is why I agree. No, um, <laughs> honestly, Andy. Uh, I said I said last week before that the Villa game when we'd done this show that how important getting off to a good start was because of the yeah. the, the next two fixtures being City and Liverpool. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that sort of performance against Villa. We, we've been going thinking oh, it's a really tough game to start with. We're probably on, on par with each other. It's all level playing field at the minute. No, yeah. we're just going to absolutely hit them out of the park. Yeah. Um, why not play Manchester City? I, I know that the, the last couple of times I went there was
1: 2-0 last season and the season before that might be 5-0. Later in the season. Later in the season yeah. when Manchester City start, they are a back-end-of-the-season mm. sort of team. At the, they're not really strong starters. They mm. never have been. You yeah. know, I just wonder whether it's now the right time just to hit them. With the injuries, because I mean, look, De Bruyne is probably the best player in the Premier League uh, as mm. far as I'm concerned. Right up there, certainly with Haaland. Um, and obviously... Bruno. Um, But apart from that, um, missing him, but missing John Stones is huge at the back. Of course it is. Missing John Stones is is massive because he is probably, for me, one of, if not the best defender in the Premier League right now, is John Stones. He's right. Fantastic, the improvement he's made. So to miss him, huge. To miss Bernardo Silva, potentially, that's not been confirmed, but Mm. he is carrying a knock. To miss him is even worse. And I Mm -hmm. just think all of that coupled together and the fact that, like you say, we're playing some good stuff at the minute and we're intense and we'll be bang up for this to make a statement as well. You, I just you have to, you have to
0: remember that. as well, Andy, the last time we were there... It wasn't how good Manchester City were. We just couldn't finish with dinner. The amount of chances that we had, and we just couldn't not find the back of the net, and that, that was an issue at that time of the season for us. Um, maybe we just need to bring uh, Rolando Ahrens back, because last time we won there, it would have been when Aaron's was there in the Cup. Um, obviously, you had yeah. Premier League games we haven't won, but it, we won 2-0. I think it was him and Richie, I think, two scored. Nil. yeah scored. one 2-0. So get Aaron's back. Uh, whatever he's doing these days, bring him back.
1: I'm Drag Aaron. back. Recently. Put Jason Tindall in a high vis. It's all, it's all coming together, mate. It's the perfect, perfect stew. That I, weather honestly, teams I, even I,
0: think, I think it'll be a great game. And mm. whether or not we'll go out and get three points is a different story. But you know for fine well that we will be giving it our all. We're not going to go back and sit there and defend. We're going to go and give them a game. And, and that's all that we can ask
1: for at this moment. in time. I remember, and this is where I have to apologise to quite a few people. I watched that Manchester uh, the 2-0 win back in March, I think it was. Um, I watched that in the Nottingham Forest press room and I pissed a lot of people off that day because I was watching Callum miss a chance. I think Joel Linton missed a bit of a sitter. Phew. The chances just went and went. And I was, <laughs> I was loud in that press room. So I can quite easily apologize to every person in that forest. Was it forest or was it wolves? Might be wolves actually, you know, wolves it was. It was down at wolves. And literally, there were people just glaring at me because I was so fucking loud. Like, you know, the usual sort of "shy put the ball in the back of the net type thing. But hopefully, that's not going to be the case this time. We look razor sharp. And I don't think... And Eddie did dodge the question a little bit. He said, look, I don't know whether the fans should be more optimistic than ever. We always want the fans to be optimistic, he said. Mm. But he did concede. This is a... You know, we're playing really well, the factors are there, but Manchester City are Manchester City. And in Definitely reality, beast. they could be missing five of their best players, and they'll still be able to put out a starting eleven that is better than eighty-five percent of the teams in the Premier League. So you know, let's not kind of get too carried away, but I am very much looking forward to watching that tomorrow night from afar. I'm
0: I'm really looking forward to it. I couldn't even tell you last time I'd done that against Newcastle V Man City, especially away <sighs> from home. Um and I think, you know it is, we're still in this point where we still class this as a free hit. So yeah. as long as it's a decent performance, it's fine. Like yeah. we'll we'll get on with it, we'll go to the next one, it's fine. But yeah. I'm I'm pretty optimistic for this one. i I might come back and, and be eat my own words but i think we're looking at a draw here um minimum and, and i think it'll be a really good performance uh yeah. from the lads and and like you said the fact that we've got so many decent players to impact from the bench now as well is always a bonus so as long as we can keep it close until the last 10-15 minutes of the game then yeah. got that game can go in any direction if it's nil-nil at that point
1: absolutely no fear man no fear as Eddie Howard's bloody hell, it's rubbing off, spending every press conference with him, coming up with his cliches now. But yes, no fear at all from Newcastle United. And uh, no fear at all that we're going to go over 47 minutes because 41 minutes is ticking by and it's time to wrap things up. Happy days. Which, to be fair, all I'm saying is I can't wait for the next episode just to find out where Sandro Tonali has been for his latest evening meal. Uh, So wherever they want to send him, Crack on and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we can uh, see what we can get out, maybe a KFC or something. I don't know, it's not Newcastle enough, is it? Let's face it, but uh, yes, it needs that's to have what
0: that Jordy we... touch on it, doesn't it? TS, we Jordy, so <laughs> hang on,
1: was adopted as a Jordy eater. It is now, oh, now that nah. <laughs> um, anyway, but yes, that'll just about do us, folks. Episode two uh of that six miss show in the can. we didn't even mention the documentary well we did in passing but yeah, anyway okay. i'm sure we can come back to that but a there'll later. be
0: more on that yeah
1: exactly mate but listen the aim of the show is to keep going until at least the champions league so we're we're well on form for that but seriously folks keep watching keep listening uh, keep subscribing of course to the superb gallagher shots he's been chris wallace i've been andy sixsmith this has been that six miss show We will see you in seven with, fingers crossed, hopefully, two wins out of two on the board for Newcastle United. Catch you soon.